Friends, Merry Christmas! Thank you so much for, for worshiping here tonight and making this part of your Christmas Eve. My name is Adam. I'm Sarah's husband. And, uh, this is my first Christmas as senior pastor at our church. So again, I want to thank you. I want to uh, say hi to anybody who's going to experience this message online. And I also want to say thank you to folks who have helped make this service possible. You know, I have a conviction that you know, it takes a certain special person and that a mark of Christian maturity, one of the marks, is giving up some of your experiences so that others can have that experience. And so these folks have been here all afternoon. We've got folks that came early to serve and get stuff out and run the media tech. So appreciate all you guys for helping make uh, Christmas Eve possible for all of us. Uh, I want to invite you to our sermon series that we're going to begin in January, like Pastor Sherry said, it's called Waypoint, and it's really about discovering your strengths and how you can apply those to God's purpose in your life. I first took a personality assessment called Strength Finder in 2009, and it had a massive effect on my life. I'm just such a nerd for this stuff. Uh, if you walk down the halls, all the staff have taken the strengths test, and you can see our top five strengths. And so we're going to be diving into that a little bit, and I hope that this can be as impactful for you as it has for me. And so my hope is that 2020 starts off in a powerful way at our church. So I'd love for you to join us at that. I'm hugely passionate about strengths, and I'm passionate about another subject as well, Christmas music. I love it. I have like over 40 hours on my computer, on my iTunes, and now with streaming stuff like Spotify, I have like unlimited access to Christmas music. And I was in my car uh, one time with one of my friends, and she made what I thought was a pretty good observation. It was around this time of year, and we were, had some Christmas music on, and she goes, you know, they don't make a lot of new Christmas songs, do they? And I was like, yeah, that's true. It's like the same eight songs all the time. Have you ever thought about that? Like... New albums come out, like John Legend has a great new one recently, Michael Buble, Pentatonix, Phil Wickham has a great one this year. So new Christmas albums come out every year, but they're mostly new versions of the same songs that we know and are familiar with. Even sometimes Sarah and I will be like, ooh, ooh, let's, let's play this new one. Then it's like, what's this? We don't know this one. And we'll like skip to the ones we already know. Like a lot of our Christmas songs are just kind of from the same bucket. Listen to this list. They all come from the same time period. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Winter Wonderland, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, Let It Snow, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, White Christmas, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, Jingle Bell Rock, Blue Christmas, Little Drummer Boy, Silver Bells, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, Sleigh Ride, Frosty the Snowman, and the classic I'll Be Home for Christmas as sung by Bing Crosby slash Sarah Musto. All of these songs were written, all of them that I just mentioned were written in the 1940s and 50s. And so it's like every year, we kind of memorialize or preserve this one period in our country's history and culture, kind of that post-World War II era. And they're even kind of from a certain physical climate, right? Like, do people in Miami listen to White Christmas? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. But it's, it's like we always want to go back to this one certain period. We get nostalgic about it, especially uh, the, the song we're kind of using as our theme tonight, I'll Be Home for Christmas. That was written from the perspective of a soldier in World War II. Think about the lyrics of a soldier longing to be home, wanting all those comforts that they remember from their childhood. Snow, mistletoe, presents under the tree, and, and just that signature tagline, 
I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. This is a theme that's repeated over and over in Christmas music, this desire to look back. Like, what is it about Christmas music that makes us look backwards? Like, a lot of these songs are about going back in time. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Like, please raise your hand if you've ever used a sleigh as an actual mode of transportation. Right, like, half and half, okay, I got one. There's always one. Very good. In the back, I like that. Uh, uh, another song, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. We sing, take a look at the five and ten, listening once again. I don't know what a five and ten is. Is that like the It's Five Dollars store in Excelsior Springs? Or the five and ten, is that, is that like Quick Trip? I like Quick Trip. I'm going to go there after this service, before our 11 o'clock service. Make sure I get caffeinated, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what a five and ten is, but I sing about it. Or, or what about I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know. Take me back to the stuff that I know. Again, looking back with this desire for a picture-perfect Christmas that we remember or that we imagined when we were children. Same thing with the bridge of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Here we are as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. You seen the pattern? Looking backwards. Happy olden days gone by. So much of our treasured Christmas music is about going back to the past. Friends, nostalgia is a very, very powerful force. The most popular Christmas songs tell us that it's true. And our experience tells us it's true. Nostalgia is powerful. Nostalgia is a term coined by a Swiss, Swiss, Swiss physician. Man, that's hard to say. I'm glad this is on tape. A Swiss physician. His name was, this is only the fourth time I've said this. His name was Johannes Hoffer in the 1600s. So he coined the term nostalgia. And it's a combination of two Greek words. Nostos, to return home, and algia, the pain from an old wound. Nostalgia literally means an ache to return home. I wonder if you felt that ache this season. Maybe it's the ache of an empty chair around your table this Christmas. Maybe it's the ache that, that maybe this Christmas will be different. That it can be a little less dysfunctional than last year. Maybe it's, it's an ache to create memories with your family or, or maybe it's an ache for a family to create these memories with. I will always associate Christmas with an ache to return home. I will always associate Christmas with my grandma. This is her, uh, and her name was Rebecca, but everybody called her Betsy, and that's what we named our daughter. Uh, my grandma passed away 10 years ago now, and I have so many memories wrapped up with Christmas with my grandma, and I'm glad that ache will never go away. I always feel it this time of year especially, and in many ways, I'm glad that it won't ever leave me because I feel like that's one of the things I have left of my grandma. An ache to see her again. Man, I wish she could have been in our church tonight. Or to see her great-grandkids. Man, I was in Walgreens one time with Sarah. And uh, I just 
burst into tears in the aisle. And she was like, whoa, what's going on? Well, I had seen a box of Rice Krispie Treat cereal. Very, like, very rare to find, by the way. And I just remember, it was like a flood of memories came back. So just randomly, I'll get that ache. And I wish my grandma was here, especially at Christmas time. Every year, uh, my, my sister and I would get a, uh, a U.S. Mint proof set. Anybody know what that is? My grandpa collected coins. A proof set is change that's like never been touched by human hands. It is enclosed in glass. And it's, that's what my grandma got me every year. You know how much those 1987 quarters are worth now? About a quarter. <laughs> right? But we always counted on getting those. I've got like two giant heavy boxes of them at home. And we would always get an ornament. And, and then just way too much other stuff. Uh, but gr- Grandma loved Christmas time. In fact, uh, one of the other things we would always do with Grandma is we'd play Uno. And even if it was like June or something, and you gave Grandma like a reverse or a skip or the dreaded draw four wild, Grandma would like jokingly threaten to take us off the Christmas list. Right? So we just loved Grandma and loved Christmas. One of my earliest memories in my whole life is Christmas 1989. I don't mind if you do the math. I was five years old, and we had Christmas at Grandma's house which was special. This was in Edina, Missouri. Shout out to Edina. And I remember this Christmas for a couple reasons. Two of those were the greatest gifts I ever received. A He-Man power sword and a Nintendo. Even at five years old, I was like, I have peaked! Life will never get any better than this! And I remember sleeping with my He-Man power sword and I would roll over onto it and like all the lights and sounds and stuff would start going off and it would wake me up. Man, it was just the best. But even more than all the stuff I got, I loved being at Grandma's house. And I remember as we were driving away in 1989, I was just devastated to leave Grandma's house. And I remember vividly sitting in the back seat with my head against the cold window, looking up at the bright shining moon and just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing because I didn't want to leave Grandma's house. So now every Christmas, I always think about Grandma and how much fun we would have. And now as an adult, I'm excited to see my children with their grandparents. And Sarah and I, my wife, have the the awesome responsibility of giving them the Christmas memories and experiences we love so much as a child. So here's my two kids. This is a year or two old now. It's my daughter, Betsy. Man, she's stone cold in this picture, isn't she? She's Louise. I can't wait to bust this out at her wedding reception or something. I'm holding on to this one. (laughs) And I'm already reminiscing about my children's first Christmases. This is our sixth one with Aaron and our third one with Betsy. And I'm already feeling nostalgic because they go so quick. I'm like, man, I only get 18 of these. We're like a third of the way done. There's the Kleenexes right there, right? If we need them. What is it about Christmas that makes us so nostalgic? That makes us long for the past? I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. Nostalgia. An ache to return home. When I think back to driving away from my grandma's, I hated to leave because even at age five, I I knew that I was surrounded by people that loved me most. I knew it. I've known the ache of nostalgia since 1989 in my grandma's house. And that ache isn't for presents or food or decorations. That ache we all feel is a longing to be back in a place where we know we are loved. 
Friends, the place where God showed his great love for us was there in the manger when Jesus was born. The manger is the place where we know we are loved by God. 1 John 4 says this, God's love was revealed to us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. We love because he first loved us. God chose to show us his love on that first Christmas with a precious gift, an unimaginable gift of his son, Jesus. God didn't give us just a list of rules to obey or just some information to absorb. God sent his very son. At Christmas time, when we give and receive gifts, when we spend time with people that we care about, when we share meals around the table, these are all ways that we show love to one another. But those are all great, and they point towards our desire to love and be loved. Because really, that's what lasts. Think about all the other stuff we do at Christmas, like those wonderful Christmas postcards we get in the mail. We may hang them up on our fridge, might stick around for a couple weeks, but eventually we'll throw those out. All the meal prep, some of y'all have been doing this week. The meals are going to come and go. Might enjoy them for a day or two of leftovers, but even that will pass away. We have family that comes and stays with us. And it's awesome and we're all together, but eventually they'll go back to where they came from. And some of y'all are like, amen. (laughs) It's okay. Or, Or think about the best gifts you've ever gotten. I've told you about some of mine. Where are they now? I don't know where my human power sword is. I'll be honest, I did look it up on eBay. It was $89, too steep, too steep. If I was still single, I'd probably pull the trigger, but (laughs) gotta negotiate sometimes. I don't know where my Nintendo's at. I don't know. So even the the stuff that we think is so awesome, eventually we, we just lose track of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't last. What does last are the memories we have and the knowledge and the feeling of knowing That we are in a place where we are loved. All of the things we do at Christmas, even down to the music we listen to, point to our need to know that we are loved. And that, friends, is exactly why Jesus was born. Our scripture tonight tells us that we love first because God loved us. This is part of the good news at Christmas. That our being loved by God doesn't depend on what we have done for God but on what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Our love for God is a response to God loving us first. God made the first move. God came toward us first with the birth of his son. This is the good news of Christmas because that's the exact opposite of every other way the world works. Like some of us have just been through reviews at the end of the year and maybe you got a good review and maybe you get a certain percentage raise or maybe you got a promotion. Hey, good for you. You earned it, right? Or, or some of us are home from college, right? And, and our, our semester grades depend on how well we did on our finals. Notoriously hard at Truman University. And, 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 and we learn very quickly, hey, if you want to get a good GPA, you got to earn it. We even tell our children, hey, if you want to get some gifts, you got to make sure you wind up on the good list, not the naughty list. That you have to earn that that. that The the signs of love that you'll receive are conditional. Friends, the good news is that Christmas is the opposite. That God unconditionally offers us the gift of Jesus. 
God made the first move, loving us first by sending his only son into the world that we might live through him, that we could look to Jesus for what it means to truly love. And that we could have confidence in God loving us because when God looks on us, he doesn't just see a list of failures. He sees his son in our place who would succeed in all the places and ways that we will fall short. So I don't know what you're nostalgic for this Christmas. I don't know what ache you feel deep down. I don't know how far back your Christmas memories go. But tonight, I invite you to go all the way back to the very first Christmas. Back to the manger. Back to where the love light gleams. Back to the place where we know we are loved by God. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.